Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a Friday, March 10th episode of Beef State. Thank you very so much for joining us. We have a lot to discuss uh, when it comes to Husker Athletics and the NFL. Very NFL heavy uh, quarterback news. A lot going on in the NFL for especially the uh, time March. You know, usually not much going on till the draft whatever uh we're gonna dive into that we're gonna dive into nebraska basketball which of course beat iowa and that's really all that needs to be discussed you know there was another game that happened which we might touch on but you know it's you know neither here nor there uh make sure you guys hit that like button hit that subscribe button i am joe wheel this is my compadre scott wyman a fresh face scott wyman a new house owning scott wyman an engaged scott wyman very very big uh week very big year for you my friend been a lot going on yeah so a lot lots been going on i'm very yeah. tired very tired yeah i just got back from florida too your pilot got removed from your plane yeah that was crazy i've never seen anything like that yeah um that's real two that guys happened. came and got my pilot off the plane when everyone was everyone was done boarding then two guys walked onto the plane and walked off with a pilot and then the other guy said the pilot has deplaned it's true. He did like, deplane. Yes, he did. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Um, no, we, just had to, we had to wait for two hours and then they, um, a plane that had a, an extra pilot uh, just came down, touched down. He just got off that plane, got on ours, started flying it. So being a pilot sounds fucking sweet. That if I had to pick, like if I could just pick a career and didn't have to work for mm-hmm. it at all, I think pilot would be up there. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into some breaking news, actual breaking news, like within the hour. Uh, the, Chicago Bears have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for first round pick this year, second round pick this year, first round next year, and then second round in 2025, as well as the 2025 wide receiver, excuse me, as well as the wide receiver DJ Moore. Uh, Bears trading back was very much expected, but not assumed. Still some questions from some about Justin Fields and his ability. Not so much from Bears fans. Bears fans seems pretty sold on that. I think I kind of know where you're at on Justin Fields and his ability. But as this has happened, the Carolina Panthers are expected to potentially still trade back from the first overall pick, which they just got because of the perception of this quarterback class. Uh, four potential guys could go number one overall. Now, wait, wait, wait. wait. So you think the Panthers are going to hop back? Yes, they might. So you think they just want to be in the top three? Yeah, it's something like that. There, there was a report. Okay. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. That's very interesting. Yeah, That's it depends on what they, who they like, and who they think other people like. But I mean, in a draft class like this, you know, a single spot is a huge deal. Like two can be so much different from five, depending on your need. And a lot of guys can be taking quarterbacks very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, there's not a whole lot of separation between the top guys in this class. You sort of have a consensus top two in CJ Stroud and um, Bryce Young, but there are some issues with both those guys. Neither of them are very big. And obviously, CJ Stroud has had some controversial comments in his press conferences. Um, The Panthers wanting to go for number one, if they do stay there. So if they trade back, then you can throw this out the window. But if they Mm -hmm. do stay there at number one, it means they came away from the combine liking one quarterback in particular, which leads me to think that they have really honed in on Anthony Richardson. That's kind of my thoughts. Because you said there's kind of a consensus number two, which without a doubt, there was before Anthony Richardson. And with most people who probably evaluate uh, talent and it's probably still a consensus number one number two with cj stroud and bryce young but yep. anthony richardson's pro day is you know we kind of saw this coming i think there's always somebody who kind of shoehorns their way in with their athletic ability um not saying anthony richardson can't be great but certainly was the, if anyone was going to shoehorn their way in there it's it's the guy who is the best athlete since cam newton to test yeah. out a freak athlete since Andrew freak. Luck. so do you think that that had anything to do with it? Does it seem like an ownership move to you for an owner that's trying to recapture the only successful time for them in the last decade and a half is when they had Cam Newton? So you're talking uh, about David Tepper trying to seeing maybe some pieces of Cam Newton and Anthony Richardson saying, hey, that worked for us one time. He won the MVP. We went to a Super Bowl. You know, that can yep. work again. That's, that feels like a very owner move, doesn't it? Like that doesn't that's seem like a GM like thing. That does not seem like a GM. It, it's not right. This doesn't seem like a GM move in terms of like 
how to win a Super Bowl. Like if a GM were to write that book, it's not trade your first your I mean, this is the the four best picks that the Panthers have. Yeah. To go and get a quarterback who you probably could have gotten at nine where they were sitting. God, who knows? Um okay, so this is this tweet is from Warren Sharp. Do you follow Warren Sharp? Are you a Sharp football I do, guy? I love Warren Sharp. Uh, at Sharp football, book. people forget that the Panthers really traded away a second, third, fourth, fourth, fifth, and a sixth all to assemble a quarterback room of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Corral. Uh, I forgot Matt Corral was even there. Trading what they did for number one overall is more than reasonable compared to their prior business practices. So we are a Nebraska show uh, yep. for the most part. I My immediate thought was like, Matt Rule cannot be happy about this. That right when he gets out of there, boom, we got the number one pick. Yeah, then Let's, they decide to, yeah. to go in on on getting the number one overall pick. The the funny thing is, um, yeah, I so we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think Matt Rule is happy to be back in college. I don't think if you gave him the option right now, even with the Panthers having that number one overall pick, I don't think he would go back to the Panthers. Oh, hell no. Right. Well, the money's money. The no. He, yeah. No, we're, he's making more money here than he yeah, was. Yeah, with you're right. You're right. So it's, I mean, maybe if he could choose to be unfired, maybe he would do that. But yeah, uh, one thing also I thought was interesting to take away from this is that is more than the price of what it would take to get Lamar Jackson right now. That's another interesting point, because that was probably what popped into a lot of people said, because we'll talk about Lamar Jackson uh, in a little bit, but it would, you know, the guaranteed money thing is interesting. Uh, you obviously, when you guarantee the money, you actually have to have the money. Uh, and David Tepper should have money. He is, I believe, the second, maybe third now richest owner of an NFL team. Uh, so that's something we'll definitely touch on later. But the Carolina well, Panthers, think... good. The Carolina Panthers have been swinging hard for a quarterback for years. Like they have been trying constantly. Every quarterback. I don't know. I mean, it seems like you don't think they've been trying. Sam Donald seems like a bunt. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're like they were in on Deshaun Watson, couldn't get Deshaun Watson. They're they're in on every. They they were trying to get Matthew Stafford. Yeah. They've been trying to get guys. They haven't. So then they get Sam Darnold. They get Baker Mayfield. They get like if they were so, you know in the market this year. Them. If they were in the market this year, they'd probably be grabbing like Derek Carr again. Does this have any Rodgers implications to you? No, because I think you don't it's, think he was ever going to go there. No, I think it's, and we'll talk about him when we talk about Lamar. But I think it's Jets or bust. I think if he if he if he's not going to the Jets, he's done. It doesn't seem like anyone else is even. That would be interesting, honestly. As a Patriots fan, uh, that is terrifying having Aaron Rodgers in your division. I don't like the thought of that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a talented team, the Jets, right now. Yep, talented and, and very young, young. And they're cheap. Now you will be adding. Not only is Aaron Rodgers' contract. Fifty million dollars a year for the owner that has, has to pay, but it's also forty-eight million dollars on the cap. So they will have to do some adjustments. They do not have forty-eight million in cap right now. They can make adjustments elsewhere, but he is, um, I think, the most expensive non-Deshaun Watson, non-Michael Thomas cap hit in the league next year. Aaron, yeah, Aaron has said he would rework his contract. Um, that was kind of before. That was a little while ago before the Jets became kind of a front runner. I assume that's still yeah. at least somewhat the case. There's not a lot case. of reworking to be done. There's only three years left. Mm. Yeah. And it's all, it's, <laughs> and he's not, I mean, obviously years. money is a part of it. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be making a lot of money no matter how much he restructures next year. But I don't think he is specifically thinking I got to come back for the money. Cause I think if you were doing that, he's staying in green Bay. Right, not reworking. Well, the money kind of the money stays the same. His contract from Green Bay is signed, and the Jets are, will be responsible for it. Yeah, if yeah, I mean, so sometimes he'll be, when... that, he'll be making 150 million dollars one way or another, and it'll also be 150 mil on the cap one way or another. It just depends where you put it, how far you're willing to stretch it down the road. How do you feel about where the Patriots are at right now with the Bills? Uh, the Bills in their situation seems like they're losing guys. Left and right, who knows what's going on with Stefan Diggs talking about how they can't put it yeah. all together. The Jets look very good in a lot of places. Uh, Dolphins are very good in a lot of places. Very, very good in a lot of places. They just added Vic Fangio. How do you feel about the uh, Patriots in the uh, AFC next year? 
Oh, long pause. I mean, that's going to be the it, that's a really good division. I yeah. think that the Bills are definitely taking a little bit of a step back. I don't think next year it's going to be as bad as it is two years from now. Um, if they are able to trade digs, then I think that would help them a lot, but I don't think they have any intentions to do so. Um, he might be kind of, seems like he's kind of a few heavy contracts on there and a very underrated part of the bills is their defense. Um, Oh, I mean, they got like the number one defense in the league past two years. Right. Yeah. And, but everyone always talks about Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Sure. Uh, but they, I mean, they can't run the ball. They're not, their offensive line isn't very good. They're not a good cold weather team. Um, not weird. Feels like they should be good in the cold weather. Play them in the division. So this is about winning games in September and October as well. So they're mm-hmm. a very good September and October team. And for the Patriots, they, you know, I don't think they're going to get that much worse next year. Um, and then adding Aaron Rodgers to this division, man, I, I w- that puts the Jets over the Patriots. I mean, I love the Jets roster. You do still have Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick does own uh, the Jets organization sure. and Salah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, how long has it been? How it, More than a calendar year since Aaron Rodgers has thrown 300 yards? Ooh. Did he not do it this last season? I thought he might have done it one game. No? I don't feel like... I don't probably. Like, it was... Um, yeah. Does he still got it? I, I do think he does. I'm just talking myself into ways why the Patriots... Yeah, I, I can see... As I was... As I was reading out the division, I like I knew the division was pretty good, and then I was like reading it out in my head. It's like you got the Patriots, obviously, you got Bill Belichick, and I was thinking about like, oh well, the Bills are very, very good. They're usually like crowned champions before the season begins by a lot of people. And I was thinking about the Jets, and I was like, oh man, the Jets with like horrible quarterback play almost made the playoffs. Like that was a pretty good team. And then I think about the Dolphins, it's like, oh man, without two his concussions, who knows where they'd be. And that defense right. might get a lot better this year. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a really, really good. Div-. Like, this might be what people were talking about the AFC West being this past year. Right. Right. I mean. Yeah, the Patriots, they were what a that one errant Hail Mary by. Uh, Jacoby Stevenson Myers? and Jacoby oh. Myers. Yeah. Uh, and then a fumble at the goal line away from beating the Bengals away from being an 11 year team two two years in a row. And that's going to be the worst team in the division. Yeah. And they get Bill O'Brien back and the defense gets another year older. I mean, it's a super young and cheap defense. They're probably top five in the NFL. We'll see what Bill O'Brien can do with everything. Can Bill O'Brien work with Mac Jones? Can they get that thing figured out? They work pretty well in Alabama. That's true. Didn't even think it about that. It worked really well at Alabama. <laughs> Good point. All right. Um, let me see. Do you think Bryce Young's going to be able to do the thing? I just, I worry so much about guys from like Alabama, Ohio State, just everyone they're playing against is less talented. Like every single game, like maybe one game, like a year, they're playing against a team that's got less. Like they're usually just way more talented than everyone they play. Because we see guys from Alabama, Ohio State get drafted all the time. They're always supposed to be the guys. And sometimes they are, sort of. But They have Alabama, the quarterbacks that do the best at Alabama are front runners. Um, Guys that can operate the best when the pocket's clean. They almost have like seven on seven quarterbacks. Like if you gave Bailey Zappi to Alabama, you know how many records he'd set? Duh. 80 times probably yeah where it's like you can just sit back you have the best offensive line in the country year in year out uh you have the best wide receivers every single year all of your coordinators were head coaches so everything's going to be schemed up appropriately you have all the knowledge uh, Mm -hmm. at your disposal so their body type also so a point that i was going to make is the alabama quarterbacks um don't need to be physically imposing because they're not going to take that many hits they're not going to be asked to run the ball very much so Tua. You know, smaller guy for a quarterback, six foot, six foot one, one ninety five, maybe mm-hmm. gets the NFL, gets really beat up. Um, Mac Jones clearly. I mean, when things went bad for Mac Jones, he like threw tantrums on the field. That's a good point. Yeah, sometimes mid play. Jalen Hurts definitely breaks that mold, but was Jalen Hurts? Can he left. Alabama he, claim Jalen Hurts? He left. He, he got benched and he left. He went to Oklahoma. And so now Bryce Young, I think, is sort of the epitome of it. Like. There might not be a better passer of the football in this class than Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, 
you know, you're not going to be head and shoulders above everybody. You're, you're going to the worst team, right? So your offensive line is going to suck. Your receivers are probably going to suck. Can we go to the Texans? You're probably going to have a new head coach. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's not going to be any of the systems in place that led you to succeed where you were, which is why I'd be wary of drafting any quarterback from Alabama. Which is also part of that's just how the NFL works, right? Like that's part of the yep. reason teams are why guys are such like busts is because maybe they do have the talent. Maybe they do have what it takes, but they get drafted to a terrible team and they just never quite yeah. figure it out. And they go to a bad I coach mean, and they just yeah, it's situation. And it's how the situation jives with your mental makeup. Exactly. I think almost every quarterback drafted has the talent. Mm-hmm. They're, they're almost all more talented than Tom Brady. Sure. Every Tom's, single quarterback yeah. that's going to be drafted in this class is going to be oh, bigger, well, now, faster, yeah. stronger, have a better arm than Tom Brady. Definitely now, it's just about yeah. the situation, your attitude, and your work ethic. Yeah. Okay. So who do you think, uh, saying that, I mean, that, so it's impossible for us, the fans, to know, but sort of why Andrew Luck was so impressive, because, like, people forget that Stanford did have a run when he was there, but they were, like, winless before he got there. Yeah, I think we've talked about this. It's like it feels like the guys that are really, really and not necessarily to say Andrew Luck was like at Mahomes or whatever, but like guys who are definitely like Andrew Luck was different, right? He wasn't like Andrew Luck was that dude in the NFL for a while. He was was, really freaking good. He was really freaking good. I mean, we never really got to see the full extent of it, whatever, whatever. But like guys that stand out and are like clearly better than the rest of the guys usually just it's maybe it's just bias or it's recency bias or selection bias, whatever, but they don't seem to come from like powerhouse schools that are always pumping out these quarterbacks. It's like, you look at any like Peyton Manning came from Tennessee. Tom Brady came from Michigan, which doesn't really pump out quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes came from Texas tech. Rogers came from Cal. Like luck came from Stanford. Yeah. Nailed it. It's like these guys that are, yeah. Who, Josh Allen came from Wyoming. Josh Allen came from Wyoming. Herbert uh, came from Oregon. Yeah. All these different circumstances. Yeah. And then Burrow like bounced around all over the place. Eventually. Right. And then had it was LSU. A starting job. You yeah. Know, had Ed Ochon as his coach. Burrow came from a pretty good situation. Yes. Well, probably the best situation of all time. But yeah. Whining. Yeah. We didn't know how that situation was going to work out at some point. But Yeah. So, hey, maybe Adrian Martinez. Teams look out for him. That'd be sweet. He's already, he's already, hey, he's already punched his ticket to the, uh, what's that, XFL or USFL? He's USFL. The Generals with old Mike Riley getting around. Yeah, Mike up Riley again. drafted him. Yeah. That does rock because it makes me think that Mike Riley was watching Nebraska games. Probably was. I doubt it. Really? Yeah. From what we've heard, because... We're not, we don't, as Nebraska fans, we don't get a lot from the insiders, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not getting juicy deets, but if you get fired years later, we might start getting some details, kind of an insight on how somebody operated. Uh, and that makes me think Mike Riley probably not watching Nebraska games. I mean, maybe, I'm sure they check the scores or whatever. You kind of have to. But what, um, what about him? You just think he was upset at how it was handled? Well,. No, I wouldn't say that. It's just... I think he had a right to be upset with how it was handled. I think he wasn't given the opportunity to succeed. Yeah, there's that. There's also the question of, you know, did this hire ever, you know, and this isn't, I don't mean this is a shot at Mike Riley, but like, did his hire ever really make sense at all? Like, it just never really, really, it was like kind of one of those odd hires and just it, it it didn't really seem like it was going to, like it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And I don't think I don't I, think anyone was giving him a chance to succeed, whether it was the fans or the people behind the scenes. Um, excuse me. Sorry, I was drinking sparkling water burp there on the mic. That was probably good. little ASMR for you. Yeah. Um, there you go. But I mean, what really did the, the offense was really good his last year. The offense was not the problem. It was the defense was terrible and the defense was terrible because the administration forced Mike Riley to fire his defensive coordinator who was, um, you know, they had some solid defensive outputs, especially that second year to hire Bob Diaco, who was then a disaster that was forced upon Mike Riley. That wasn't a Mike Riley decision. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, we've talked 
you know, we as Nebraska fans talk a lot about decisions that were made for coaches. Um, I just, I don't, I feel kind of at peace where we are coaching wise after what we've been through in a way, because right. a lot was said right. about, you know, every coach since T.O. Uh, and how they've kind of left. I don't know if, I don't, do you think we've had like, an I don't think, I don't know. Like we've made, certainly there's been mistakes in hirings and firings, but I don't know if like we would have like a national championship or like a big like a division title if we hadn't left someone go. Let someone go. If that, does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, um, I think Bill probably would have figured some stuff out if you gave him some time. College is just so weird. It's so much different than the NFL. Um, I just really respect um, who Bill Callahan was. I think Bo Pelini was like That's a decent one. catching lightning in a bottle for what he was really good at based on what was on the roster. I think that was a really good situation his first few years. And then we obviously saw the quality of the team tailed off there a little bit. Um, I mean, everyone in the country would have hired Scott Frost in terms of Mike Riley though. I don't know who was really hired that year. That was, we could go back and look. I've never really been really had that discussion. So I could look and see. That was like, I wasn't, that was a time in my life where I wasn't like watching a lot of sports. And I remember being like, what the fuck? Like I kind of assumed they had hired somebody and I assumed this person was going to have like a mind blowing resume or like, you know, some power five, I guess technically power five, but Oregon state, like I thought there was going to, I was like, what the hell is, and that's not, you know, that sounds all like a huge shot at Mike Riley. And I don't mean it to be, but even though it kind yeah. of is part of that's just kind of judging how the success of these guys has, you know, there hasn't, these guys have not necessarily had, huge jobs since nebraska so it's not you know we right. didn't fire bill callahan and then he was hired by you know texas and he won a national champion like we haven't had anything insane and we not to say that we should have fired frank or Bo or whatever but it's you know, like we would the past 10 years have been better if we had kept Bo? like for sure i don't think there's any argument about that but you know, at least, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Ask me in like two years, maybe Matt rule doesn't work out and we're miserable again, but yeah, uh, we could have gotten Lance Leipold, uh, wow. that year. It, it, oh. Here's the names, the top names that were hired that year. We probably could have gotten Tom Herman who worked well at Houston flamed out at Texas. Um, Gary Anderson was hired away from Wisconsin, went to Oregon state. Wasn't that successful. Jim Harbaugh was never going anywhere except for Michigan. Um, other than that, Jim, Jim Harbaugh was hired in Florida, Pat Narduzzi to Pittsburgh. Paul Christ, I don't know, could we have gotten Paul Christ? Which one's Christ? He's the guy that just got fired by um, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Last year. Yeah, probably. Mike Bobo, who's now back being the OC again at Georgia. Um, Bobo. So yeah, no, there's not a bunch of names that uh, nobody on this list outside of Harbaugh has done that much of significance. Um, so no, but there there also wasn't a real search process. I was trying to think like how much That's was right. 2008 a search process? I know you had Bo Pelini. I know you had Clawson from Wake Forest. I know you had Turner awesome. Gill uh, from um, Kansas at the time or Buffalo. I can't remember. Um, but I don't know how much of an actual process that was as, as much as it was like two guys that were already associated with the program. And then one guy who had been wanting the job for seven years. So this might've been the first time there was a real search. And this might be the first time we have like that, like CEO coach who, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very different situation. It's as, good of a reset as you could get where pretty much everyone in the fan base who wanted something and got what they wanted has to have that person fail. So people wanted a Tom Osborne guy. They got Frank Solich. He didn't do great. You could maybe say he's the one that didn't fail. Yeah. And you got the NFL guy. We need to change the offense. We need to be more pro style. Okay. You got Bill Callahan. He got run out. You got the hardo. You got Bo Pelini, the college through and through guy. He got run out. 
You got the sort of head coach, executive, administrative, nice guy, friendly Mike Riley. He got run out. And then the 90s got their guy, Scott Frost, and he got run out. So everyone who had their idea of what a Nebraska football coach should be has had that, you know, kick, kick, I don't know what's going bite them in the butt. I mean, everyone's been wrong. Everyone's been wrong the past 20 years. So we're all coming at this with a bunch of humility. The program, it's, it's nowhere to go but up. And so there you go, Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, that was awesome. From the fans, nobody's going to be mad hey. at you. You don't have anybody rooting against you. That was an awesome recap. But you just killed that. That was sweet. Um, I was looking at it, obviously small sample size. Mike uh, Mickey Joseph had a noticeably better win rate than Scott Frost. Scott Frost had a yeah. What was Mickey Joseph like? Forty percent. Three seventy five. Scott Frost had a two eighty six. Mickey was three and five. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, obviously, Scott Frost was a humongous failure here, right? There's no doubt about it. There's no way, other way you to know, put it. I don't want to be mean about it, but yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, whatever. You know, we're putting it behind us. All right. Uh, I will say it. I do think he recruited really good kids. Like, that's what has impressed me about, you know, early time Mickey. Like, these seem like great kids, right? And I think that there is something to that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Anyway, the roster is not bereft of talent. No. You've had a bunch of really good recruiting classes. Uh, And And then then Frost adjusted really well to the transfer portal, too. So you've also got some talent around from when Frost was able to do really, really well recruiting uh, the new age of college football. Yeah, most of our NFL players this draft class are going to be transfers in. Right. Are yeah. like highest drafted, yeah. I mean, pretty much all of our productive players are. <laughs> I mean, that kind of speaks to the problem within the program was we they weren't that good at developing talent. Yes. So you wait yes. until someone else develops it, and then we bring them in. Yeah, when you lose games and you're more talented, clearly you know what the issues. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back. So after Nebraska basketball finishes six and two in the regular season, beats Iowa, ruins their senior day as well. Let's let's be we knew that was gonna happen. We knew that was gonna be an easy okay. dub. We talked about that a month or two ago. It's a men's sport. We're playing Iowa. It's an easy automatic win. Senior uh, night too. I don't know why Iowa keeps doing that. Yeah, it's it's easy. Um Nebraska lost immediately to Minnesota, the worst team in the Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, huge letdown. You know, we we kind of knew we weren't going to win the Big Ten tournament, obviously. But, you know, theoretically, we could still make March Madness. We could still make the dance. It's going to be a long shot. Had to win at least two games, maybe three, maybe four. But hell, why not? We win three games in the Big Ten tournament, and they look at strength of schedule. Hey, we might be dancing. Let's go. That would be unbelievable. Oh, I, I don't know. Three we, games? Three? We would have had to put us. I think we would have had to win like five. You, the whole tournament? Yeah, if we win the whole tournament, we're in. And we're in. Yeah. Four. I think, to, how much would it take to get us into the title game? Four. Four games. We're sitting at 20 and... Well, to like audit to be in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now, so now the situation we're looking at, we'd all love to go to the NIT. I was looking at some stuff that said we might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, we're gonna need some teams. So what some teams do? Who cares? Teams that think they're too good for the NIT, uh, who maybe did not have good seasons, for in their minds, like North Carolina, like uh, Michigan, might opt out of the NIT. Really? So that's if we can get a couple of those, then I think we're in. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Who cares, right? Like the NIT, like it's great, I guess, to get practice reps in whatever. If you barely scrape into the NIT, I don't know if I'm changing my thoughts about the season. Like, I think, yeah, you barely scraped in to try to be yeah, like the 65th best team. Finish with a losing record. But still, here's the thing. I think Derek Walker, who's been here all four years of Fred Hoiberg, deserves a postseason. Yeah. Sam Griesel deserves to finish his college career with a postseason. This might be the last time we see Tominaga. Okay. Let him okay. go off. Um, and then on top of that, CJ Wilcher and uh, Lawrence, those are, you know, your two best players coming back probably. So let's see them continue to develop, especially Lawrence. I mean, he's been really, really good the past few games. Okay. You talk me into it. Let's go. Let's make the mm-hmm. NIT. I didn't realize teams were opting out of that. That would be, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. And obviously, you know, main goal, we gotta, we, we gotta win a tournament game. Like we just have to, 
Like we have to do it. We got to do it soon. Like we cannot keep being the only team in in football. We're the only power five team or whatever to not win a bowl game in the past, like six years, six, seven years, whatever. And then in basketball, everybody knows we only power five team never win a tournament game. We know we got to get this corrected. So if getting into the NIT, getting some of these younger guys, more experience, you know, kind of sending the older guys off in the, you know, do at least in some sort of postseason that gets us closer to that. I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's, um, what what would be your metric of success next year? Like, is Fred Hoiberg still in the hot seat next year? Is what I want to say. Does he? Uh, obviously, if next year goes bad, then he's out, right? If they if they have like a really losing yeah. record, go ten and twenty, then he's out. But yeah, for sure. If he were to go sixteen and sixteen again next year, how are you feeling about Fred Hoiberg? I think the sixteen sixteen thing will probably be situational. Um, if they have a season the way they had a season this year where they started out bad, got injuries, and then they, I mean, I don't know if you have a season like this much, if ever again, um, you know, if he gets to 500, I think he's safe. I think until he has some, like, you know, if he were to like win, you know, make a run in the big 10 tournament or win a game or two, during March, I th- I think he's gonna be on the hot seat until then. Like I don't know if his seat's really cooling off though he does yeah. something. If I don't think it's lose, scorching. If, no. I mean, if we lose in the big in the first round of the Big Ten tournament again, basically the playing game of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That right? is bad. Because that means you were bad enough to be in the bottom four. And now this year was different, right? Nebraska was the eleventh seed but they were two wins away from being the fourth seed so just the way that this year worked out um but then again that makes it just all the more disappointing when you lose that playing game when you you shouldn't have even probably been there you're good enough to be out of it um minnesota was a bad bad team i think i'll I'll say this if i think it should be a goal if if we lose this game that we lost to minnesota again so if we lose in the playing round of the big 10 tournament next year then I think I'm probably done with Fred. Oh, damn. So if we can make it beyond, meaning we're a top 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament, then I'm good. I'm okay. happy. If we're the 10th seed, 11th seed, 12th seed, and we win a game, then I'm happy. I think uh, no more losing records. Got to be at least 500. Okay. No more being on the bubble for the NIT. Got to be locked to be in there. I think that's, in the NIT? that's my metric. Have to be a lock in the NIT? Have to be a lock. We if we're a bubble team on the NIT, if we're doing this again next year, where we're just hoping to get into the NIT, then I think then what are we doing? Yeah, I don't think I think everything you asked for is very fair, and I think that's probably gonna be. There's still yeah. I I just wonder how Nebraska fans are feeling because there was so much optimism the way things ended, and there was this was pretty. They had a fun run at the end of the year. We all kind of knew what it was. We knew we weren't probably getting into the tournament. We definitely knew we weren't, you know, going to win a game in the tournament. We thought, hey, maybe NIT, who knows? Um, but it was certainly fun. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, all the absolutely. stories, all, you know, the environments at PBA were electric. I went to a couple. They were awesome. Uh, well, one one sucked. One was Michigan State. That was terrible. But for the most yeah, part, the they were having. It was a lot of fun, too. I mean, would, they were good. They were legitimately good at the beginning of the year before uh, Bandamel got hurt. They were a pretty good team to start the year as well. Overtime with Purdue. Overtime with Purdue. Ghost penalty called on us. We almost win that game against the number one team in the country at the time. Like, there was some positive beat stuff. Creighton at Creighton by 10. Yeah. Swept Iowa. Beat Wisconsin. I was at that Wisconsin one. That was fun. I mean, there's a lot of good things to take away from this season. I mean, it didn't it end. I mean, I think if Nebraska just beat Minnesota and then lost the next game, I think you feel a lot better. I think losing yep. to a... Minnesota sucks. I mean, it's not as bad as losing them in football because their coach, I don't know the Minnesota basketball coach. I assume he's not, you know, PJ Fleck level, but you know, it's not great. You know, I don't think it ruins everything. It definitely doesn't ruin everything, but I think there's going to be some contingency of fans that feel that way. Like, okay, well, what the fuck was that all for? We just lose, you know, we lose the first game of the big 10 tournament. We don't make the NIT. We don't do anything in the postseason. All right, whatever. You know, I'm not, I still think this was important for laying a foundation for the future. I think those younger guys you talked about uh, getting some experience is valuable. I think they played well down the stretch uh, in Wiltshire and Lawrence. And I think 
there's going to be a lot of roster turnover this year. You're just you're losing a lot of important guys. We know that. So seeing what Hoiberg can do to rebuild, to re-gear, it's going to be tough. You know, he's going to have his work cut out for him just with adding guys. But I think what he built in the fan base, I think he built some positivity in the fan base. I think he built some more dedication in the fan base just for the program, for him as a coach. And I think that those are all good things. I don't think that those are going away at least until, you know, next season. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone's rooting for him. Everyone wants Fred to succeed. He's given, I mean, Nebraska has some of the best basketball facilities in the country. You have one of the best basketball fan bases in the country. Um, there are good players coming out of the state, so you can recruit the state, and you've got, you know, as big of a budget to go out and recruit and get guys as you as you have been, and now you've got the NIL side to you, too. So you've got the resources. There's no excuses. There's no excuses to not be a, a perennial NIT team. A team that once every two, three well, years can hunt for the tournament. Yeah, we got to at least say bubble. We got to at least say like that. March Madness bubble team. That sounds a lot better right. than perennial NIT team. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I mean, we haven't been to any tournament in a long time. So perennial NIT is something I would take. <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat. Hey, we talked we, we talk some good Nebraska basketball right there. Yep. For two guys good. who don't know much about basketball. Uh-uh. Nothing. Dude, I, I learned a lot about basketball this year. I really did. I did. I I don't know if I'm ever watching the NBA, though. That shit, I can't. NBA seems like, if you don't know the NBA, like if I'm getting into a lot of more sports than usual, like before it was pretty much football, um, was a lot more into like MMA, all that kind of stuff before. Now I'm kind of getting into, I'm getting into golf, getting into, uh, fuck. What was the other one? I'm getting into baseball. I've been getting into college basketball. Like, you talked about dabbling in hockey a little bit too. That's right. I'm getting into hockey. I forgot about that. I'm a huge, huge hockey, hockey fan. Okay. Yeah. I usually don't get into hockey till the playoffs. Yeah. I have no, here's the thing. I have no allegiance to a hockey team whatsoever. I grew up here, right here. Went to a lot of Mavs games. Shout out to the Mavs. This is <laughs> the old logo too. Hey, Nebraska's redoing their logo. We got to see if Fred, Hoy, uh, Trev Alberts was the one that, Decided to go from this UNO logo to the new one. Um, but I literally like had never watched an NHL game until like a year ago, like ever. So going to have to pick an NHL team soon. And then like just watching the NBA, it just feels like an entirely different world compared to the other sports. Like a guy gets hurt. They evaluate him. You know, they do everything. They go through the MRI, they go through the entire process, and they're like, hey, we found nothing, but his leg kind of hurts. So, and he's a superstar, uh, he, but he's going to be out until he feels better. Like, I have never heard of that in any sport besides that. Yeah, I mean, it, basketball games are tough on you, and sure. they play, like, 82 games is a ridiculously long season. That's true. I don't know how, I mean, they came to that number. It's it's or 81 games. Sorry. 81 games. It's half of what the MLB plays, which is, I think how they came to that number. So, and it worked with the scheduling, but they, they play a ton, a ton, a ton of games and being healthy for the playoffs is everything. And that's right, you lose it's one athlete. It's not like in football where you lose one or two guys that's standard. Everybody's down that much NBA. If you're down one or two starters, that's your season. You're this done. is a money ball so, thing, right? This is one of those like load management, statistical things that you you know you have to you have to manage minutes right i don't know i don't know um really because guys don't get hurt less than they did before they do have longer careers though now just with changes in sports right. technology doesn't and change doesn't affect the team that you're on really uh, i mean the whole thing is like if you're a team that's good enough to compete for a championship then theoretically it doesn't super matter what seed you get. You just have to make sure everybody's healthy. First and sure. foremost, if you're going to make the playoffs, make sure everybody's healthy when you get there. Right. I just, I can't get over this Luca thing. It's just like bounced around my head. Is it maybe something? Well, it's not a hockey thing. NBA, nobody's going to like target your knee. Yeah. If you tell them that it's your knee. Well, here's the thing. I don't know um, if they like even maybe I, maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm probably just dumb, but I didn't even seem like they thought it might be a strain. So they did an MRI on it. Didn't find anything, but they're still like, sometimes don't you just like, maybe he just has like a bruised leg. Like I don't, 
I don't get it. And this is like, this is more of a take of like, people get hurt in jobs. Like I've been part of jobs where people like, like these aren't NBA jobs. Like they tear their shoulder and they have to like go back. Like people get seriously hurt at like jobs. They don't make millions of dollars at and then they have to go and they have to keep working. Like they literally cannot afford stuff if they don't keep working. And then, you know, I don't know. Good problem to have though. So shout out to them. It was a very old man take, but I liked it. Yeah, it is. I'm not usually an old man take guy, but that's You're not. I think football would be di- like if it's if he's actually like injured, injured. I totally get it. But like, I don't. And I'm this probably just seem like one of those things, right? This seems yeah. more like planned rest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do your thing, Luca. I guess I respect it. I like him. All right, um, Scott. If you had to trade for a quarterback, let's say you're the New York Jets, right? And then take your okay. Patriots. Take your Patriots bias out of this. All right, put okay. it to the side. Who would you rather trade for? Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? A 26-year-old Lamar Jackson or a 85-year-old Aaron Rodgers? Who would be um, the bell of your eye? So can I get Lamar Jackson for that 32 million spot that that reportedly is the the number out there? So whatever, that would be what two firsts and then whatever, let's say 170 million guaranteed. For five years? Sure. Which I think is actually is just definitely lower than what Lamar wants. What I yeah, so not fully guaranteed. Uh we're talking probably mid thirties per year or forty. So ten million less than Aaron Rodgers. Um it's so it's basically like what's a defensive player that's worth ten million dollars? Um I mean you probably find some pretty good ones out there. I don't know, man. That's tough. Well, just That's how about tough. this? Take take just the salary out of it. Okay, let's say let's just talk about one year. What I want on my team? Yeah, let's just talk about one. Let's let's say the next like two years. Let's say Rogers plays two more years. Who would you I mean, rather if have? If we're talking one game, oh man, that's so hard. It is. It's um, a lot more I'm difficult than Rogers, And here's why: if we're talking single game, I still like Rogers. Um, and Lamar Jackson has the propensity to be injured a lot, whether it's, you know, he poops his pants, he gets knee injuries, he, he came runs back, around a lot. He came back after the poop pants. He did well. That's true. But he also missed a couple games to like some intestinal problems. So, yeah. so <laughs> something chronic, apparently. And I don't want to even, I'm not even trying to make light of that. It sounds like it sucks. Uh, but he, he doesn't miss it's a ton of games. Terrible. I suppose since Rogers has had those injuries, I it's tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm probably yeah, down on Rogers compared to where everyone else is. I'm probably a little bit higher on Lamar than where everyone else is, but I'm still going to lean Rogers. Interesting. I feel like the correct answer is Lamar just out of, just out of age wise. Well, you said, you said two years, you said two That's years. True. I did say both. that. Yeah. So, that was kind yeah, of my later one. If I was getting in for the rest of their career, then I'm taking Lamar for sure. Yeah. I still think I'm taking Lamar. It's two years. I think I'm taking them. I worry about because I think there's a lot of people who really don't like Aaron Rodgers for a lot of outside yep. football reasons. I don't think we're those people, um, yep. but I do kind of wonder how Aaron is going. Like we saw him not saying that them not making the playoffs was totally his fault this year. Um, this year, this past year was not his best football. Like, I don't think there's any real way around that. It wasn't I don't think it was the worst season ever. Certainly was not the two previous MVP seasons he had. So I do kind of wonder how it's going to look when he has a very new receiving core this year. He makes no bones about not liking the administration there either. Yeah. He's vocally adamant about them being bad at their jobs. Pretty much every year he goes out there and does a press conference about how stupid they are. Uh, And to be honest, sometimes they have been stupid. Drafting Jordan Love seems like a stupid move. We'll see. But, you know, the Packers are stuck between a cock and a hard place. Hey, I think here I got one for you. You want to know something funny? I saw yeah. the uh, earlier today the the highest, the lowest odds for a team to land DeAndre Hopkins was the Green Bay Packers. Can you imagine oh, if they get rid of Aaron Rodgers and then they immediately bring in like a superstar wide receiver? That's really funny. I would love to go through the lowest odds. That I've never heard that stat before. I want to do that for a lot of stuff now. So like, who's the lowest odds to land? Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's got to be the Ravens, right? Because that's apparently that's why associated with any team. 
No, because that's apparently. No, honestly, I think the Ravens are still the front runners. I still yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, still think Lamar is a Raven. No, next I mean year. lowest as in most likely. Oh, oh, I got yeah, it. I got yeah, it. I got yeah. it. Oh, so you meant DeAndre Hopkins was most likely to become a Packer? He's favored. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant that was the least likely outcome. No, I'm saying. There is a world where they get rid of Aaron Rodgers and then immediately get like one of the best wide receivers in the game just like that when he hasn't like ever thrown a touchdown to a first round draft pick or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, that's what that's just what Jordan Love needs. That's that's all there. That's all they need. I'll tell you what you get a DeAndre Hopkins on your team. I feel like you're pretty happy no matter what they should trade for Devontae Adams. Oh, my God. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae, same age. No, Devontae's way younger. Mm -mm. All right, we're looking this up live on broadcast. You get get Devontae, I'll get DeAndre. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. You were were right, because people also look up DeAndre Hopkins' age. 30, 30 for both. Both much older than Juju still. I just get receivers ages to me, man. That is an enigma. I cannot do it. Yeah. You, 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 you struggle with that a little bit. Doesn't compute in my head. I still think Tyreek Hill is 25. I get that. I get that. He kind of seems 25, right? Yeah. Seems a lot of things. Okay. Um, all right. So after a bit of a tough start going Oh, three and one in their first away series, Nebraska baseball might be all the way back. The 7-1 in their last eight beat some damn good opponents, a lot of them up in the Viking Stadium, uh, playing Illinois State, I think, I believe, still as we speak. Uh, their first uh, two home games... Wrapped up. We were up 8-2 to two in the eighth when I last checked. Oh, we're up 8. Oh, damn. Okay, let's go. See? Further my point. Uh, only loss over the last while has been Ole Miss uh, away, so... That Cambridge College Classic Vanderbilt win against Vanderbilt. And in, like, right. This is right. This is like the class of college baseball Vanderbilt. Yeah, that, I mean, they're the Alabama of college baseball. They put out the most professional players. They have the best facilities. I mean, they, Nebraska put up runs on all three of their pitchers. All three of those guys are probably going to be top five round draft picks. Boom. Then next day beat Hawaii 12 to three. And then we fell to Ole Miss. That's all right. Two or three. We were, hey, we were happy with one win. Oh, man, that Ole Miss game. Yeah, it, it just, things got out of hand in that first inning. Yeah. Uh, hit two batters, had to pull a guy after two outs. You already had batted around. That's, you're pretty much toast, especially against a good team like that. I mean, held even with them the rest of the way, but. Yeah. Um, and then really Nebraska at home, 12-1 and one against Northern Colorado, and then 14-3, and three, and looked to be doing pretty well against Illinois State uh, over there at, are we calling it Haymarket Park or Hawksfield? Because it's Haymarket, it's Hawksfield at Haymarket Park, right? One of those situations. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I hear a lot of the baseball people call it Hawks Field. Uh, I like to call it a Market Park. Yeah, it feels better. feels more regional. Because yeah. that's kind of how you... It gets, really that's how name. I work it in my brain. Because you can just kind of stroll across the Lincoln Bridge, be right in the Haymarket. Uh, we still can't get a beer. Uh, we did finally get confirmation on that from a source who shall remain nameless. Uh, Hawks Field at Haymarket Park. We believe there is some sort of issue that hopefully is resolved soon. Um, it doesn't seem like it's an authorization problem. It seems like there is, you know, perhaps a money problem between a couple parties going on that will hopefully be resolved because it's baseball. We need to drink beer at a baseball game. It's kind of how it works. I think we all know that. There's always the parking lot. That's true. They can never take away our parking lot, Scott. And it's in the same in the same park. You go to a salt dogs game, you can get um all kinds of different uh beverages dollar so, tall boys yeah dollar tall boys on thursdays or whatever actually if you really want your money's worth those cut water lime margaritas are like 13 and a half percent yeah that's you pretty good two of those, that's worth like six beers of alcohol there we go how much are they you can buy those at the salt dogs games you can buy them at salt dogs games yeah that's how yeah. i found them that's how i found them as i was down through one and a half and i was like holy moly did you think they were like four percent yeah, I just thought it was like a standard little seltzer thing, maybe like a six or a seven because it had tequila in it. But yeah, look, look down and it was 
I don't know what they are. I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's like 13.5. Yeah, it is. I have been I have been a part of that multiple times with you where you like suddenly find out how much alcohol is in something when you're like yeah. two or three. And sometimes it doesn't go the positive way. It goes the wrong way. Like I've been with you. You once got ginger beer and we're like, oh, I'm good. I got ginger beer. Don't worry. And I was like, you know, there's no yeah, alcohol. I was, in that. I was like two and a half ginger beers in and I before I learned they had no alcohol in them. Yeah, I had told you that. And you're like, dude, it's a, it says beer right here. And then you were like two, you might've been in your third and you're like, bro, there's no beer in here. Like there's no alcohol in this. I was like, yeah, it's a ginger beer, dude. But you know, we live and we learn. It's all right. Living with learn. We went, uh, we went golfing last week. That was my first time golfing. We did. Joe's first time playing 18, 18 holes. That's a lot. 18 is a daunting task for someone who's never golfed before. Um, I find that like 13 holes is about as much as I enjoy. Interesting. Everything after that, like the first two holes at the beginning are terrible. The last two holes are bad. And then it's usually 13, 14 holes in the middle. I'm where I'm like better at golf and also enjoying what I'm doing. You and I both got there kind of late. We didn't warm up at all. We didn't really hit the range. We like chipped once or twice on the green. Yeah. The first hole was basically just a warm up. I think we both. That's true. Especially for me, but yeah, we, yeah, only spilled one beer all over myself. So I think we had a pretty good day. All in all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did, you did white girl, the curb on the, uh, with the golf cart once. That yeah. Was there really was fun. some, uh, there was some Doan players behind us with their coaches. Their coaches were talking about, I'm pretty sure they were talking about me for like two or three holes after that. I kept seeing them look at me. I just reached over to my beer well, I was on the golf cart and you know how golf carts are like they just sometimes they go, sometimes they don't go. They just reach over, put my foot on the gas. So I'm on the cart path on a curb and just shoot, shoots up the curb. I obviously quick twitch muscle. I squeeze the beer. Beer goes flying everywhere. And then, uh, you know, made it work. Dried up pretty quickly, actually. Wasn't too bad. But yeah, I didn't think 18 was too bad. I honestly, I could have done another nine. I could I could have done that pretty easily. Nine, nine is good. Nine is good. Um when it's colder too, yeah. Summers, you got a lot. Like, here's the thing: nine is better on the weekends. Uh, Eighteen is better on the weekdays when you're skipping work. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my help. own philosophy. Yeah, I think nine is better on the weekends, and then you you can do other stuff. Whereas it kind of just dominates your whole day if you do eighteen. Eighteen is a lot more fun when you're supposed to be doing something else. Yeah, that's gotta be. Hey, that's gotta be all time right there. Yeah. All right, uh, that's going to be our show for today. We appreciate you guys. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. I have been Joe Wheel. He has been Scott Wyman. We appreciate the hell out of you all. Thank you. Bye-bye.